Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special first year of the podcast. Your Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC. They win the NFC East. They get a bye. Coincidence? I think not. I'm Shiel Kapadia, joined by Benny Souls. See, I guess I should say your real name in the intro. Benjamin Solak. Benjamin Solak's got his hood up. Before we started the pod, he was just firing off takes. I can tell he's ready for the playoffs. He's ready to get rid of all these nonsense teams that we've had to talk about for the last uh, 18 weeks. And we're ready to see if the Philadelphia Eagles can make a Super Bowl run, Benjamin. You're talking about me in, in, in playoff mode. You got the button down. There's no ball cap. Professional Shio Kapadia, fresh from the press box. On the beat boots on the ground how was it that's right i just got home like literally 10 minutes ago said uh good night to the kids and came down and hopped on the mic it was a lot of fun you know it wasn't the uh the game that had the most juice but it was fun to be there it was fun to kind of survey the locker room get the mood talk to some people it was fun to uh be alongside i don't think he'll mind me sharing uh me and mike quick hitting our car buttons because we weren't sure where our cars were in the parking lot like listen if you told seven-year-old shiel that as he's approaching his 40th birthday he's going to be a park in a parking lot with mike quick searching for his car he would have said uh life has been very good to you so now it was a lot of fun see seeing a lot of uh old faces and uh, i plan on going back there for the playoff games all right Eagles win 22-16. Uh, they did not cover. They, that last onside kick, oh, baby, that could have been real interesting. Armpits get a little damp, a little sweaty. There. <laughs> if we had a Giants recovery there, we didn't. Uh, I Before, I have a take on how the Eagle fans should feel right now, but I don't want to give it away first. I want to know how you feel now that they've won that game and we're looking ahead to the playoffs. I feel good. I, the, I, I, for one, never doubted they would get the one seed. I never got worried, not even a little bit, not during the three-game stretch in which all they had to do was win to get the one seed and they weren't doing it. Felt fine. Uh, it's great to have it. It's very clear, having watched Jalen play and watched the way that they used Jalen, that the bye week was going to be extremely important to them. They He needs more time. I didn't think he was going to be at 100%. I don't think he was at 90%, man. I mean, like they were doing everything they could to throw the ball in like a second and a half, like constantly like slants, everything behind the line. Like we, we talked about that being the approach, but it was though. Everything was, was as quick as we get the ball out. Do not let him get pressured. And the giants are sending like zero blitz hit this guy 
week 18 defense, which if it were any other DC, Wink only knows if it were one way, any other Wink DC besides Wink Martindale, I'd be like, this is a little guys. Come on. Like he's banged up. Like there's, you have no reason to play. Like chill out. Like just play cover two. Like this is not, you don't have to do this, but it's Wink as you're like, I really don't think he has anything else in the playbook but this. He can't stall a new defense. Uh, and so, I mean, they're running a lot of their blitz stuff, and it's it's what they checked empty. Like it, it's fine. Like I don't think it was bad or anything. But Hertz is taking a lot of hits, and and like you know, there's that there's like a second and one scramble situation where he like slides two yards behind the line of scrimmage, or he never does that. They get in the red zone on every single drive, and they just slam on the brakes because they can't use the quarterback running game because they do not want him to get contacted. And you could you could tell just by the like the eyes on the lot on the sideline and like the movement of, of the players on the field. Every time Hertz did get hit, there was an immediate like kind of like shuffle over and like assess the situation and like what are we looking at here? So uh it would have been really nice if they could have beaten the Saints. It would have been really nice if they could have beaten the Cowboys. It would've been really nice if they didn't have to win this game, but they did. Jalen was good was enough back, enough healthy to play in it, but they were clearly very trepidatious about uh, him taking hits, taking contact. And that's why you get a game that still ended up being one score there, you know, after the, the touchdown and the potential onside kick. It's because the Eagles are kicking field goal after field goal after field goal because their usual short yardage game doesn't exist. They're not running hurts at all. It's just, just a, a, a integral keystone of how they built this offense is just not there. And they're, they're going to kind of try to scrape by. So I don't have big concerns off like the offense looking bad. Defense looked great against Joe Webb, obviously. Um, I don't have concerns about that. I think when they, when, they play a playoff game, even if Hertz is only at like 92%, they're going to run them. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the playoffs. You're going to have to take those hits. Uh, so I don't have concerns about how they looked. And I think it's just clear that, that Jalen was banged up. They wanted to grit this one out. Defense did its job, ensure that it was never like going to, you know, they never trailed, it was never going to be weird, let them run the clock, and they were fine. Now, you said Joe Webb. Was that, was that a slip? Oh, or not bad. Davis. refer to Davis, Davis. Webb as here's, Joe Webb? Here's okay, the reason Davis why it's Webb. a slip. I, I believe this very strongly. <laughs> Davis isn't a name. It sounds like a name, God. right? You say I told you this guy's just coming in with takes. He's he's ready. Davis he was going you say, off on you say Davis before we as started. if it's like a thing. Right. Like no, the name is David. David, you can't just change the last letter letter and still pretend it's a name. I've never every time I say it, I'm always like, yeah, David David Webb, and then I realize no, it's Davis. I'm like, that's a last name. You can't do that. Anyway, that's not important now. Uh, to our listeners, named Davis, uh, I I'm fine I know with your name. no, don't worry, stop listening. It's only Ben. Don't stop listening. <laughs> Uh, so, listen, I, I think you went into the game saying nobody get injured and get the number one seed. And that's what you did. Like, you got to zoom out and say that was the goal of the afternoon at 425 at Lincoln Financial Field. Get the number one seed. Don't suffer any more injuries. And also, I would say, don't have Jalen Hurts look like, oh, my gosh, this is a complete disaster. And I don't think he looked like, oh, my gosh, this is a complete disaster. I think it was what you said. They went into this game. And by the way, the players, you know, confirmed this uh, in the locker room. You know, the run game with Jalen Hurts was not going to be available to them. They weren't going to empty the kitchen sink in in this game where they were 14 point favorites. And I think the giants played a total of three starters on both sides of the ball. You were going to be vanilla and you were going to try to not get Jalen hurts hit. And you're right. I mean, wink Martindale. I mean, you're kind of joking about like, this is all they have in the playbook, but honestly, if you kind of assess it or, you know, listen to people who know that Ravens team well last year. And it was like, why aren't they adjusting when their whole defense is injured? It's like, they don't have a lot of practice time doing other stuff than what they usually do. They do what they do. They do it in the preseason, right? Wasn't that a thing this preseason uh, yep. against the Patriots where the Patriots couldn't get any normal reps because they were just throwing blitzes at them. So this is what they do. This is what they did tonight. And I think we can't, you know, just kind of breeze past uh, what a season this was. I mean, 14 and three, the franchise, obviously you get one extra game, most wins in franchise history. But even without that, they've only won 13 Two times, 2004, got to the Super Bowl. 2017, won the Super Bowl. I mean, a 14-3 and season, third in the NFL in point differential, a season in which your quarterback got injured and missed two games and came back at less than 100%. And now everything is in front of you. So I'm not usually the person who puts the positive spin on something like that, but that's how I feel. I mean, you are going into the playoffs potentially with all 11 regular starters on offense on the field in that divisional round. Now that's if Lane Johnson 10 of 11, comes back healthy. 9 of 11 defensive starters. We'll see with yeah. Josh Sweat, uh, and we'll see with Avante, Avante Maddox, yeah. right? Yeah. And is that it? It is. It's somebody? weird because Chauncey's there now, but yeah. Avante and, and yeah. Josh are the only starters. 
So that's it. And who knows? Josh Sweat could play in that game. I mean, we don't know if he's going to play. So that is like as healthy as you could possibly wish to be. Like, just think back to September. Think back to our first podcast. I said, hey, hey, Ben, in uh, four months from now, Eagles are going to be 14 and three, number one seed in the NFC. They're going to have all 11 starters on offense healthy for their first divisional round game. And they're going to have at least nine of 11 starters on defense healthy for that divisional round game. I mean, you would uh, say, where do I sign I up, please? What do I have to give up? My left arm. Uh, what do you need? Season stat line. <laughs> and I would have been appalled to discover the amount of targets he's received. So uh, they're in a great spot. I mean, you know, I think sometimes we overstate what teams like peaking in the final three or four weeks. I always think you look at the bigger sample unless there's a reason not to. Like if a quarterback got injured or something happened and there was a shakeup, then yeah, you look at those splits. But you hear all the, these, the splits this time of year, like since week nine. And I'm always like, well, why are we looking only since week nine? Like there's, it's an 18-week season. It's not a big sample. And you look at the big sample, they were the best team in the NFC. So uh, that is my big picture take um, as uh, Nick Field uh, listener said very well, quintessential Eagles win. They led the whole way and I was miserable the whole time. Yep. So I, th- I think that's true for a week 18 game against a team playing no starters. That's pretty much how it's going to be. Uh, maybe you blow them out. Maybe you don't, but they are in a great spot going into the postseason. Yeah. And, and like, you know, they didn't blow them out because they scored field goals instead of touchdowns. And they scored field goals instead of touchdowns because they didn't have the red their typical red zone short yardage offense because they didn't run Jalen yeah. Hurts. Like, to me, it's very easy to understand why they didn't uh, blow them out. I do think that, like, we had that stretch in November. Or I should say, like, in November into early December. They had the, the big win over the Packers, which, like, that ended up a one-score game if memory serves, but they were, like, you know, burning the barn down in terms of, yeah. of, of, of offensive output. And then they had the huge win over the Titans and the huge wins over the Giants all in, like, consecutive weeks. And that happened right as, like, you know, the Vikings started to lose games and Purdy started to... Like, the, the, the Niners lost Garoppolo and Purdy got put in. It was kind of, like, open season. Like, I remember going on like, other pods and people being, like, man, are the Eagles going to hit a speed bump in the NFC playoffs? Like, that was the vibe beginning of December. And since then, they, they're they're 2-2 two and two since that Giants win. And it's been a close win over the Bears, which is, like, annoying. Again, like, they were up two scores in that game, but still, like, that one wasn't the prettiest game, right? Hurts kind of played shaky at a couple interceptions. And then they lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Saints, both of those games that Minshew played. And then they had this game against the, the Giants where, like, yeah, it would have been cool to just, like, destroy what's Davis? Davis Webb. But they didn't. And so I think, like, there's some, like, you know, ringer word. There's some vibes off, right? There's some, like, why aren't they, like, you know, um, you know, just, like, blowing opponents out, just, like, having a, a ball and, like, celebrating and, like, all the crazy, like, the, the A.J. Brown celebrations against the Titans. Like, where's that vibe? And the answer is, is that, like, you're not going to have that in the playoffs anyway, really. Like, Eagles fans may not remember that because of 38-7 to 7 against the Vikings where he just threw a party in the link for four quarters. Right. That's not how the playoffs go. You know what I'm saying? And so... It's okay that they're like, I don't need them to have a statement win over the Giants in week 18. I needed them to get the first round by. And they got the first round by. And like, I'm don't give me style points. Give me a healthy team. Give me Jalen Hurts with as minimal risk as possible. And I'm 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 in on that. So I'm not I don't have worries about, you know, the the manner of the wins at all. Yeah, the messaging in the locker room was pretty consistent. It, there wasn't a lot of like celebrating. I mean, everybody I think was happy. It was more of a relief that, hey, you know, if you're a football player and you go through this grind and getting a week off before the playoffs, like you said, it's a huge advantage. I mean, think about it. Even if you're like a seven point favorite in a playoff game, which usually you're not, I think that equates to like a 75% chance of winning, a 25% chance of losing. Mm-hmm. that, And that just gets taken off your table here. And that's as a seven-point favorite. So it is just a huge advantage to not have to play next weekend and then to get home games for the divisional round and potentially uh, the championship round. So A.J. Brown was wearing his uh, you know hat and shirt, and he said he's going give, to give the hat to his daughter. When he gets home, he doesn't need it anymore. He'll wear it from, from here uh, to home, and that's about it. And that, that was pretty much, you know, down. Dallas Goddard was, they were basically, you know, they felt internally that even though they didn't have the one seed locked up, that like they were in a good spot and they weren't going to celebrate the NFC East or the one seed. So I think that's kind of how they felt. Now, the one concern I would say, you know, when we're real quick, when you refer to AJ Brown, can you please uh, refer to him correctly as Eagles single season record holder for receiving yards, AJ Brown? This is important. You know, his full title, please. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because as we're waiting, uh, and for those who don't know, 
No, we, we already said I, I was at the game. So we're waiting to go in the locker room. AJ Brown comes out with a Mike Quick Kelly Green jersey on. Yes, sir. Finds Mike Quick, uh, who's doing his TV hit, and gives him uh, gives him a big hug there. And he said afterwards yeah. he's gonna he's gonna get that sign. So that was uh, that that was pretty cool. So AJ has the moment. record for receiving yards, and Devonte has the record for receptions in a single season. That's. At the same time. Is that true for Devontae yeah, Smith? Josh Did Tolentino, that happen today? In their first season as teammates, Eagles wide receivers A.J. Brown, <laughs> 1,496, and Devontae Smith, 95, set franchise records for receiving yards and receptions, respectively. Oh, okay. See, I, I didn't even know that. That's with, so uh, cool. Smith. What a cool thing. Yeah. That, that's, that, to me, that's, that's interesting and awesome and, and hilarious. But anyway, I cut you off. I mean, well, what a... What a no, but it, it's good to like... like you might go now. They're both under contract, and hopefully they do this every year. But like, oh, it's, it's hard it's to have for, two wide for, receiver it seasons like that. It's for a wide receiver. Ertz still holds the okay, record. Ertz. He's a tight end. Yeah, he had more. But a wide receiver has never had more than ninety-five. So that's 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 the uh, that's okay. the hang up there. Yeah, I mean, think of all the seasons you've had as an Eagles fan begging for, think of those McNabb years when you were just mm-hmm. begging them to get a wide receiver, please, somebody, anybody, even the Super Bowl year. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey was very good that year, but they never, uh, in our lifetime, in my lifetime, I should, we've, we've had different lifetimes, uh, had a wide receiver duo as good, as fun, as complimentary as the t- these two. And so that certainly is something. Let's take a quick break. Then I wanted to get to a, a quote that Sirianni had after the game. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special now. I was downplaying sort of the nature, the ugliness of this win. It is worth noting that Nick Sirianni said about Jalen Hurts after the game. This is via Zeberm. It's not like he was perfect out there as far as what he felt like. We didn't feel like there was more risk, but I know he was hurting. He was hurting bad, and that's the kind of competitor he is. And I didn't. I wasn't listening to the TV broadcast, but I think I saw someone say on there that. Hurt said during his production meeting that he should have taken himself out of that uh, Bears game mm-hmm. after he got injured. So he gets the two extra weeks. That's a big deal. At the same time, I'm with you. They're going to run Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. He's not going to play conservatively in the playoffs. At the same time, the shoulder is probably not going to be 100%. And it's a question of how close to 100% is it. Now, I thought in terms of throwing the ball, like, I mean, I thought he, I, I didn't notice like a, a, a dip in velocity or his ability to push the ball downfield. I noticed it way more in the playing style. Yeah. Like you said, uh, sliding behind the line of scrimmage, going out of bounds, throwing the ball away, all those things, which I think uh, were smart decisions. No. So how concerned are yeah. you about kind of how close, how close he will be uh, two weeks from now, now that you've done all your, what is it? SC joint? SC joint. SC joint reading. Yeah. In the well, this is what, weeks. this is what we were talking about, right? Like <laughs> when the, the, the injury came out, it was like, you know, everybody was like, Oh, like shoulder injury. Like he played the rest of the game. Like he'll be fine. Don't worry about it. But once it was like, SC and you look into it, this is like, Oh, the injury takes some time to get back from five weeks is kind of the timeline that you, you saw for a lot of people. And five weeks would be the divisional round. That would be the five week mark from when he first got injured. Obviously, 
not obviously, actually, I shouldn't say obviously because I don't know how the human body works. I would imagine having to play a professional football game affects the recovery timeline slightly, right? Like that to me makes sense. Right. The fact that he had to play in week 18 and kind of, you know, take some hits and, and, and we'll see how, how he feels after that. I agree with you. I didn't see a lot in terms of throwing. I will say that he didn't really have to do a lot in terms of throwing, right? Like he didn't have to like make a throw on the move, like a, a big throw on the move, one that pops out to my mind where he's disconnected from the ground, right? When you talk about how you create power as a thrower, use your feet, use your hips. Hertz does a good job of that. But when you're throwing on the move, you don't have that. So you have to torque your, your upper body a lot more. It's like that can put more. And he had the interception to be fair, throwing on the move. Right. Exactly. And like, yeah, which that was just like, you know, he was kind of yeeting that thing, which just as an aside, that's that. If that penalty call on Landon Dickerson happens in an important game in an important context, I'm going to throw a hissy fit. He wasn't even making a football move. He was walking. He he, he on third and goal from the one. The ineligible? It was third and goal from the two. I don't understand why. But isn't the rule that if you're more than, if you're two yards or more downfield during a, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so it's it's, it's more than a yard downfield, which I would wager 60, yeah, let's say, let's say 60 offensive plays are for an average NFL team. I would wager there's an illegal man downfield on six in every single game, 10%. And don't get, and like you rarely see it flagged. It gets flagged to the Eagles a lot because opposing coaches ask for it, which makes sense. I'm totally fine with that. I get it. It's one thing to have like the one that they had against the Saints where Jason Kelsey is nine yards downfield blocking a guy. Yeah, yeah, give he me thought that. it was a run. Yeah, yeah, he thought it was Landon a run play. Landon <laughs> on an inactive side of the field where all of the players, Landon, the receiver to that side of the field, the corner, the safety, are all standing and watching. And they flag Landon for walking. He's not making a football move. It's, I, 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 to me, it, it confounds reason. I don't have an issue with it at all because this is like, if you're going to have RPOs in the NFL, which they do, I mean, you saw this on, what was it? The Jags-Titans game where Josh Dobbs, they run an RPO and Aikman saying, well, he could have thrown it away. Well, no, he couldn't have thrown it away because half the, half the line is run blocking there. If he throws it away, they're getting ineligible downfield. And I, it was just a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember if it was the Saints game or the Cowboys game. As I'm watching the film, I'm writing in my my notes up oh, there you know the next coach is gonna say talk to the refs and say hey watch them for ineligibles because it doesn't get called so like that's part of the rules in rpo you need to get rid of that rid of the ball quickly you need to make your decision if you're gonna pull it and throw it you have to pull it and throw it so uh, i understand it's annoying he's not doing anything to affect the play but i don't know unless they change the rule like that is the rule they didn't they didn't make a bad call according to the rule you remember i'm gonna get killed by like coach yeah. flynn i feel like and uh Wa- <laughs> washington <laughs> Giants, uh, Commanders Giants game where Terry McLaurin got flagged for being off the line right when he's supposed to be on the line covering the, the, yeah. the tackle and he like points and the and the, the, the ref like kind of acknowledges it and then he calls the flag whenever everybody's up in, a, in like an arms about that. Fifteen times a game the guy isn't as far off the line as he should be. Doesn't get flagged. Like there's 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 a, a a constraint of meaningfulness, right? Like did what Landon what did what Landon do is what Landon did <laughs> illegal by the book? Yes. Is it meaningful to the play? No. And it's not dangerous. So it's not, a, it's not an impactful penalty call. The point of having referees on the field, the point of having legislation is to ensure the game is played fairly. The play was played fairly. The, throwing the flag does not assist in, in the objective of refereeing. Anyway. The, the rule is actually, if he's engaged with a defensive player, then it's not an ineligible. So right. next time he just needs to find somebody and drive, and drive them to the ground, and then he won't be called for ineligible. Anyway, what were you saying? So Jalen Hurts, I think his shoulder is fine as a thrower. <laughs> it's the running aspect of it, right? I remember talking about this after, I think it might have been the Vikings game, it might have been a couple games afterward, but it was it Hurts had like four touchdowns in three games or something. And all of them are like him lowering his shoulder and like diving for the goal line, like taking on contact and breaking tackles. And you and I were talking about how he's different than a Lamar and different than a Kyler because of his build. He's, he's tall enough, big enough, wide enough, dense enough that he can take a hit from a linebacker and he can win it, right? Whereas Lamar and Kyler try to be like more elusive, you know? And, and that was good, but the flip side of that, the, the, the other side of that coin, the other side of that sword, is you worry about a guy whose physical play style is going to mean that he's banged up across the course of his season and career. The, the Cam Newton arc and the, the Justin Fields, like the early arc of Justin Fields, being good uh, cautionary tales to this regard. So with Hurts, it's okay. Like, unbelievable competitor, loves contact, loves to run the football. What percent is he going to be at in the divisional round? The Eagles are going to need him to be as physical as he always is. And they need him to play that play style. They need him. He's a linchpin of the offense. What's that going to mean for his health in the divisional round, the conference round, and God willing, the Super Bowl? 
also what's it going to mean for his health next year and two years from now and three years from now, right? Like it's just, I don't, I don't know the answers to those questions, but they exist. It reminds me of watching Wentz play in 2018, right? Remember when like Wentz, they were like, yeah, he's got fractures in his back. Anyway, here we go. And then like he would dive and like fall over and like take a hit in the pocket and like try to throw. And you were just like, he was still at the time making plays that were incredible, making unbelievable down-saving, drive-saving, out-of-structure plays. But you like, your butt was clenched the whole time. Your spine was tight watching him because you just knew the cost it was inflicting on him over the course of a season. You just don't want to get there with Jalen. It's just a thing you have to have in the back of your mind. So he's going to play in the divisional round. He's going to play with, with guts. He's going to play with his heart in his sleeves. That's what he does. Uh, I hope that this shoulder injury isn't the sort of thing that when he's playing with it, he's risking re-aggravating the injury, furthering the injury, and then leading to more shoulder problems in his throwing shoulder down the road. I don't like you telling me how my butt felt. You said my your butt was clenched? You don't know my butt was clenched. I was the general you. I'll tell you if my butt's... I was speaking oh, the to university. the listener. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I will give Hurts credit. We talked about during the, you know, during the week, or even in the past, it was like, even in that Bears game, where we knew Hurts didn't tell anybody he was injured. Like, they had a game plan in this game. Hey, play smart, don't take huge hits. And he was really doing that early on. I thought as the game went on, you saw a little more. He's like, oh, I can at least scramble a little bit here and get out of bounds. And he, and I don't know, they're calling the quarterback sneak. I don't know if that was uh, necessary with Jalen Hurts yeah. there, but I thought for the most part, he kind of operated the way um, they wanted him to operate. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's impossible for us to predict what Jalen Hurts' shoulder is going to feel like. I have confidence in this offense, in the divisional round, to deliver a very strong performance. We'll have a lot of time to talk about that once we find out uh, who the opponent is. I have no issue with their approach today, the conservative vanilla approach, keep Hurts healthy, win the game. I actually think that was smart, so I'm not going to be up in arms about that. Uh, Defensively, I don't think we need to do a deep dive, but we saw one big thing, and that is that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is your new Big sticker for Shokapani on that one. Well done. you know, I was watching it, and I feel like he looks more comfortable there. I think I like him more there. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slayton, James Bradbury. like healthy. that's healthy. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, all healthy and out there, that is as good of a cornerback trio, maybe. I don't know. I'm, ch- I'm going through my head. Is there a better one uh, in the NFL? But, like, that's, that's a trio yeah. I'm ready to go into the playoffs with and say, like, we can play any coverage we want with these three guys, and we can play man coverage if we want to against any receiving core we're going to face. We might take some wins, might take some losses. Kenny Galladay reemerging from yeah, three years Kenny? ago with an, ama- did, did <laughs> with you, an amazing like, catch. But I had the thought. I don't know if you had the thought. This is, like, the sicko football guy thought, where I saw, like, a big guy wearing 19 for the Giants, and I was like, okay, I know they got Lawrence Cager. I don't think that's him, though. Marcus Johnson, I know his dreads. That's not him. I'm, like, going through all the bottom of the roster guys. I know the Giants have cycled yeah. through. And then, like, I see his nameplate. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Kenny Galladay, $72 million. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, there he is. That's the one. It was uh, it was all worth it. He makes the incredible catch that's obviously not uh, on Slay. So uh, this is good news, right? Yeah. We weren't sure. Is, is Gannon going to do this? Is he, is he not going to do this? And then you look out, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is playing across from the slot with Reed Blankenship as the safety with Marcus Epps. These are the five guys you're going into the playoffs with, uh, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I don't... I still think like Reed is still like a player to keep an eye on in the playoffs, but they've done a really good job hiding him, right? Yes. You can minimize the role of that weak safety. Ask Marcus Epps to play more downhill, and that's where Epps is better. And so I like what they got going going on there. Uh, the Darius Slay coverage on the Kenny Galladay touchdown. I saw some people complaining about it. It's that's great coverage. He goes to hit the catch point, and oh yeah, yeah. And what is he? Yeah. Are you kidding and me? He's like six inches off the catch. I mean, point. I would have to rewatch it. Yeah. I watched well, it live. Slay I was kind of like he was up and he was kind of like joking and smiling, and people were like. Come on! And it's like, nah, man. Like, it's really good coverage. Uh, and that's he's, the kind he's of guy he it's is. It's corner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's nature playing corner. It's a tough position. Uh, to your question, you know, Slay, Bradbury, Chauncey, best corner group, best corner three. In the NFC playoffs, almost certainly, as I go through them mentally, we obviously don't know Packers or Seahawks as we're recording this, but they're, I think they're better than the Packers, who right now are... are Jerry Alexander, Russell Douglas, Darnell Savage. I think they're better than them. They're definitely better than the Seahawks. Bucks are good when Carlton Davis is healthy. Um, but I, I still think the Eagles are, are better this season. So, yeah, that's, I think, your best corner trio. The Eagles will play less man coverage than any defense in the NFC playoffs. So, that's, you know, kind of a bit of an exchange there. But they got they got the horses for it. So, yeah. No, Chauncey, um, 
James Bradbury had that pass breakup on third and eight or in, 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 early in the game. I think it was late, late first quarter, early second quarter. On the play before, Chauncey, he got, he got put in the fit, right? He, you know, five defensive backs. The Giants oh, yeah. go heavy personnel. Chauncey knifes inside, gets the TFL by the line of scrimmage. That was that's, nice. Yeah. That's 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 what Avante was giving you. Avante was giving you one one at least once a game a tackle at or near the line of scrimmage when the opposing defense thought they could take advantage of him in the running game. And Chauncey probably is even a little bit better because of his length, because of his size, right? That's where Avante's a little bit trickier. So the second he makes that play, and you're like, yeah, impact play for the guy I traded for. I don't get as many impact plays, many tackles at or near the line of scrimmage from him when he's lined up deep. So it's just nice. It's it's a position of higher impact. So that was I thought that was really nice to see. Uh, your boy Bo, Bo Wolf, we love him to death, also pointed out, and I thought that, or no, actually Zburn pointed out, and, and and Bo was 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 also reacting to it. But this was really important. In some of the Eagles' dime looks, Kaiser White was off the field and TJ Edwards was on the field. Uh, that is a acknowledgement of some of the attention that Kaiser White has received yeah. from opposing offenses in the passing game, because basically, like. They got to make sure they, a, they got to see if they can take him off the field. In order to do that, they have to make sure that TJ can communicate the dime defense, right? That he knows the calls and right. He's like he's he knows how to communicate. He knows who needs to go where and like when it's Kayvon Wallace out there versus when it's Josiah Scott out there and kind of like all, all all the moving parts. So I like the fact that they did that. I'm not sure they'll walk out in the divisional round and have TJ play all the snaps in in dime when they go four one six. They might, you know, it, we'll we'll see. Like if this is just like a week eighteen thing or not. But it was cool to see, and I think that it gives them a a way to get Kaiser off the field in clear passing situations, which, like, if they get the Cowboys again, they need that. They need to have a pitch where they can get Kaiser off the field on a third and long because Dak will find, will find him. Uh, so That was, like, yeah. the third and 29, right? Is that the... Yeah, he, he... there was that long... Third and 29, okay. TJ... I'm fairly certain TJ was on the field, but there were other snaps on on yeah, yeah i'm looking at the snap counts now it's actually not a lot mm-hmm. uh if if these are and i again we'll double check during the week but these are from true media pro football focus uh 62 snaps for tj edwards 60 for kaiser white so i think it was actually oh, just according snaps. to this oh, okay. it would only be in a couple of those third and long ones so but it, that doesn't mean it's not noteworthy yeah. i mean it, it is noteworthy because that's not what it was before yeah i don't think they've had i they don't i I'm trying to remember another context which they've had TJ on on the field and Kaiser off the field in a situation where they think pass. And I like I, none comes to mind. And so, I don't know. Either way, I thought it was an important call out in terms of like defensive stuff that we're caring about. The only other thing on the defensive side of the ball that I cared about was I would, did not sign up for Davis Webb breaking so many tackles. I wanted the sack record. Uh, the Eagles were 5 sacks away from the yeah, single season yeah. record. And Davis Webb is like backside spin move Away from dude. I did not sign up for this. Be static in the pocket, third stringer. Let me get my record. What are you doing? <laughs> I think Brian Dave was like, I don't care if we lose this game. I don't care if we get blown out. They are not getting that sack record. Right. I mean, that's what it felt like. He was taking intentional groundings. Uh, he didn't care. He was just not going to give them those sacks. Uh, some snap counts here. Gardner Johnson played all 62 snaps along with Slay, Bradbury, TJ Edwards, and Marcus Epps. I mentioned Kaiser White. Played uh, 60 there. Now, this says Reed Blankenship played 44. Am I in the right? Yeah, week 18 for the Eagles. Reed Blankenship played 44. How many, right? many snaps Josiah my... get? Uh, this doesn't have Josiah on here, so this must not be cor- a- accurate, right? Because he was definitely on the field for something, wasn't he? Early on, I remember, there was like a dime or something. So, I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I have week 18... It is week 18, correct? Yeah. It is 2022, yeah. correct? All right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We'll, we'll look at the snap counts. I think they try to do those live. 23 kind of looks like 33. So who knows? Maybe you messed that up. But I, I thought the Gardner-Johnson thing was the big thing to look at as we look ahead to the playoffs. And of course, Robert Quinn returned. He's one of the guys who Davis Mills... Uh, Right, broke. Oh no, there was a run play where Robert Quinn missed a tackle near the line of scrimmage, and it turned into I think a ten or more yard mm-hmm. run play. We certainly, you know, saw who looks that. good again. And uh, Milton, I don't know what Milton's been eating. Yeah, Milton, like it is a bridge too far to say that Milton's play over the last month makes me feel better about the prospect of losing potentially one or both of Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox this offseason. But man, the play of Milton Williams over the last month kind of makes me feel a little bit better about the prospects of losing one of Javar, one or both of Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox this season. He's had yeah. a really, really, really nice month. 
biggest difference from first half of the season to second half of the season, I would say, would be him. And I think he was dealing with an injury Mm -hmm. uh, coming out of camp. So that could be easily explained because after last year, he absolutely looked like somebody who could make make kind of a leap and be a, a very good player for you. This year, he was very good. All right, so uh, I don't have a lot more. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, the NFC playoffs, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm going to watch Lions-Packers after this, so we don't know who's going to win that. But basically how it stacks up is uh, the Giants are going to travel to Minnesota. If the Giants win that game or if the Packers or the Seahawks win their game against the 49ers, which would seem much, 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 much more unlikely... <laughs> those teams would come to the link. You get the lowest seeded team. Now, in the event that both favorites win, that'll be the Niners and the Vikings hosting playoff games next weekend. Then you get the winner of the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you're an Eagles fan saying, what do I root for next weekend? You root for a team. First, the, the ideal situation would be a team to knock off the 49ers and that team comes to the link. The second best situation would be the Giants go to Minnesota. And by the way, I think they're going to have a great shot to win that game. I don't know if the, I'm, I'm trying to see here if we have a line up for that game. We do. Have you looked at these yet, Ben, or do you want to guess? Lines for the NFC games. Uh, Giants at the Vikings. What do you have? What, uh, what do you think the line uh, is? Uh, Vikings favored by like two and a half. It is three. I yeah. said three and a half when I guessed earlier. Yeah. So right in between the two of us. So Giants have a great shot to win that game. The Cowboys are three point favorites at Tampa. Ooh. So the, the Cowboys are Bucks. only three point favorites. People are very concerned about this Washington game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I hate that Bucks team, as you know. Yeah. We've, we've we've both been complaining about them for a while. I don't buy anything. Is there going to be a little? You're going to feel some anxiety if you take the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy on the road against Tom Brady. Of course, at the I just same need time, Dak I think to the Cowboys are a much much much. Yeah, I just better need Dak team. to not throw a pick six in a fourth consecutive game, and I'm I think yeah. I'm good on on minus three for the Cowboys. I just this this Bucks team, like the Cowboys team, has very clear weaknesses. I'm. So confident the Bucs are not going to try to attack them because I've watched the Bucs all season not care what the other team does poorly. They just do what they want to do and what they want to do sucks. The, the last time the Bucs won a game by more than six points was week two of the NFL season. Get out of Dodge. I've been doing, been doing some playoff prep and I'm like, oh, God, get that team out of my life. I don't want to see that team uh, anymore. So um, that's what you're rooting for in the wild card round. I'm trying to see, is there anything else here? How about the Giants? I mean, onside kick, fake field goal, Christian, I think it was Christian Ellis who had the fake field goal, really covered well. That's a nice job out of him in, in, in a big spot. Team. Big, big day for Kayvon Wallace. We're getting onside kick, improved, Christian yeah. Ellis. Come on, guys. This is your week 18. This is your moment. That's right. They were still uh, locked in there. Lots of dropped interceptions today. TJ Edwards, Darius Slay, Marcus Epps. I had three guys yeah. written down. So, yeah, to your point, this could have been a much uglier game. It wasn't, which is uh, which is okay. That's what happens. But it could have been a much uglier game there. All right. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you just oh, finished the oh, season. Oh, there's one we're, more very yeah, clear else thing to say. Okay. Sorry. Jake Elliott has never missed a kick and will never miss a kick. Big Jake. 50-plus oh, yarders. No sweat. I always love it when a kicker on like a team that's super aggressive on fourth downs like never has to actually kick the ball. Just has five field goals today, and he's just he's ripping it, ready to go. Listen, you can't tell me yeah. you weren't watching Jake Elliott just split the uprights on a fifty-four yard and thinking to yourself, "All right, we need a game winner. We're gonna be okay." Yeah, because Sirianni was coaching conservatively, which I thought was fine with those mm-hmm. fourth down decisions in a game like this. And yeah, he, it, there were a couple where I'm like, wait, are they punting? And then I was like, no, he's going to try another uh, 50 plus yard field goal. And he did a good job. So Eagles wrap up the regular season, 14 and three franchise record for wins in a season. They are the one seed franchise record for receiving yards in a season. A.J. Brown franchise record for sacks in a season for the defense franchise record for receptions by a wide receiver Devonte smith healthy relatively going into the divisional round nice trio of cornerbacks going into the divisional round let me ask you that let's finish with this divisional round comes around they where i'm trying to gauge how you would assess this season 
if various things happen. Okay. So if they lose in the divisional round, what is your feeling going to be after that, given the regular season? If they lose in the championship round, what is your feeling going to be after that? And I think we can assume if they get to the Super Bowl, this is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't get to the Super Bowl often. So I don't think we need to discuss that possibility. But most notably, let's say they host Bucks, Cowboys, whoever, in the divisional round, they're favorites. They get upset. How are you feeling about this season? So the quality, the nature of a loss will always matter, right? Just because, like, you know, yeah. if, like, Jalen and Kelsey get hurt in the first drive, then it's like, okay, you know, like, what do you do with that? But mm-hmm. in- invariably, if they lose in the divisional round, it's a disappointment. This team's too good to do that, especially against an NFC field that's weak, right? Even if they get the Cowboys. Cowboys got weaknesses. Uh, you, you, you put 34 on them with Gardner. You, you just played them a month ago. You should know how to beat them. Uh, don't have four turnovers. That's where you start, right? They should get at least to the conference championship round. They play a really tight, close game against the 49ers, and they lose it. I'll get it. The 49ers, like, when you look at, like, qualities of rosters, like, just, like, you know, don't overweight quarterbacks. Look at who's got good players. The Niners are right up there with the Eagles. I'll get it. I'll be okay with it. And that would be in the championship round. in the championship round. round. I think there you start getting to, like, okay, like, you know, you got to the final four and like you, you fought well and it's tough to get home. There are good teams that get knocked out of playoffs every year. Bills lost to the Chiefs last year, man. Like it's just how it goes. But you can't look at Brock Purdy on the other sideline if you lose to that team and not feel like you missed out. Yeah, you, he's a seventh round rookie, right? And so if we're talking about like how to make sure they kind of even then, like like there's no way to escape this playoff without disappointment unless it was the Super Bowl. Because if you lose in the divisional round. <laughs> If you lose in the divisional round, I'm glad you finally yeah. got there. Yeah. It took a couple twists and turns, but yes, you got it's there. It's just like, like <laughs> if I have to come on this podcast after a playoff loss, I'll have like things that are like, all right, these are mitigating factors. Like, I'm, I'm probably not going to be super up in arms unless like it's like a bad ref ending or whatever. But divisional round would be a disappointment if you didn't go far enough. Conference championship, I'm just like assuming 49ers. If it's not 49ers, it's a different conversation. But like, if the Niners beat you, okay, but you still lost to Brock. Like you, that, that was such a window for you. It was such an opportunity. That'll be tough to swallow. Yeah. And then when you get to the Super Bowl, like, okay, if you get there and then let's say you lose, you're disappointed because you lost the Super Bowl. You know, like like the Bengals last year. Nobody thought the Bengals were gonna get there. The Bengals went there, played a great game, had every chance to win, lost on the final drive. Great Matthew Stafford, great Cooper Cup. And like it was an awesome season for them. It was generally like an incredible, incredible run. And we were disappointed because you lost the Super Bowl, right? So yeah, this nothing. Everything is sad. It's all darkness. Nothing will go well. Welcome to Philadelphia. If you lose in the divisional round, it's going to, it's, yeah, that, that is going to be pretty massive disappointment. I mean, it could be to the Cowboys. It could be to Tom Brady, uh, whoever else you would see there. That I would qualify regardless of the 14 wins and whatever as a huge disappointment because I think if you lose a home playoff game where you're favored, I mean, those are the losses that are really going to hurt. Everyone remembers those championship games at the vet and then at the link. And I'm with you on the championship game. I mean, we can talk all we want about Bosa and Debo Samuel and McCaffrey and Kittle. If Brock Purdy comes into your house and beats you, that's going to hurt. And I'm not quite there with the Super Like, sure, you're going to be disappointed if they lose the Super Bowl. But if you lose the Super Bowl to Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, that's one of those probably going to be a tip your cap type deal. And I think, but that really, that's why this opportunity is so big. Look at the NFC. There is no Josh Allen. There's yeah. no Patrick Mahomes. There is no Josh Burrow. Like, look at the people we're talking about. I mean, it's Dak Prescott and nobody. Jail, like, I mean, independent of whether or not the Packers win this game, with how Rodgers is playing this year, Jalen Hurts is one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFC. And the rest yeah. of the Eagles roster is insane. Like, it's you better. gotta do yeah. it. You I, gotta do it, man. Yes, it's I the agree. window. I, I totally agree. I mean, the, when you look at all the things that have to go your way right now, I could spin the tail of, oh, come on. They have the core in place. This is the beginning of an extended run where they're going to be in the mix every year. And I do kind of believe that. But at the same time, how often, again, do you get all 11 offensive starters healthy for a playoff game, nine of 11 on defense healthy for a playoff game, home field advantage, the bye, and by the way, not have these juggernaut quarterbacks and teams in your conference. So this is really uh, set up for you where it is going to be disappointment, disappointing for them if they don't get there, um, especially with, with who the opponents would be. So I'm glad we ended there on a nice uh, bright note, but maybe that makes you feel good. Like they're set up. Yep. They've come right. through. Let me ask you this then. I don't know. How do you want to end it? Yeah. yeah, let's end it. What do you got? Off of 
I, I want to do this because I think that a lot of Eagles fans are in this headspace right now. You, if you can pick an opponent, five seed Bucks, or excuse me, four seed Bucks, five seed Cowboys, six seed Giants, seven seed Packers, who do you want to play? I got uh, Cliff chimes in and says Giants. I agree with Giants. I okay. think Giants would be top of my list. Two, I would go. This might sound nuts. I think I'm. Uh, it's not that I'm a big believer in the Packers. I'm just such a hater of that Bucks team. Yeah. No, I think. Oof, that's, that's kind of time. I'm, yeah. I'm on the fence between Packers and Bucks. Definitely Cowboys, and I think they can beat the Cowboys. But I would definitely have Cowboys as the team I would least like to face in that first one. I would have the Giants as the team I would most like to face. And I don't know. Convince me. Do you have a strong take, Bucks or Packers? Uh, so here's my thing. I definitely think Giants are the team I want to play, but the Giants are a 60 minute team, man. They are annoying to deal with, right? Like they like yeah. just QB running, just short and on gadget talent, and stuff. Like they're super short on talent. You're absolutely better than them, but they're going to do weird stuff. Brian Dable's been thinking about playoff plays for a long time. This is not, there's going to be weird That's things. True. They're going to make it sweaty. So I still think I picked the, the, the Giants. However, my second to me is an, I, I would much rather face the Packers than the Bucks. I don't buy this Packers team. Really? And I think that that's where a lot of people okay. are squirrely, especially with how the Eagles match up for them, just in terms of the run defense. I just think that the Eagles can, can get 250 yards on the ground against the Packers without blinking. And to me, like that's just that's such a nice setup. So I'm watching this Packers game, and like even if the Seahawks win, it's still the same thing. I want those run defenses. If I can get Green Bay's run defense or Seattle's yeah. run defense in the building, I'm a happy camper. You know why it's the Packers? Because if it's the Packers, that means the Packers beat the 49ers. And so then you're going Packers and somebody else. So you would want to face the Packers because that means they beat one of the more threatening teams in the NFC. You know what I'm saying? You look confused. You don't seem to understand. Are they, are, are they one of the more threatening teams in the, in the NFC? The 49ers? Yeah. Oh, I, so that's what I was confused. Top. I thought you said yeah. the Packers. Yeah, no, worse. that's what I was saying. Yeah. If, if, if you face the Packers, it's because the Packers the beat the, knocked oh, out the I 49ers. I thought you were saying. saying the Packers were the more threatening team in the NFC. I was like, no. No, they're not. No, I don't like, think we just so. went on this. Okay, okay. Cliff, I apologize. I misheard you. Let, let's finish it out with uh, Cliff. We want your rankings. You chimed in. Uh, John, if you're available, Cliff, sorry, I didn't check. I mean, I know you're, you're doing like, two, okay, you're here. All right, what do you got? So you have Giants as number one. Uh, and then who do you have? I'll go Giants, Bucks, Packers, Giants, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys. I just feel like the the Giants, like you said, they don't have enough talent, right? I think the Bucks and Brady and them, they just haven't been on the same page all year. Um, the the Packers always just got that Aaron Rodgers factor, and their defense is good. I was just watching the game, and I like Clay Walker and 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 Jair Alexander and all those guys in the secondary too. Um, and, you know, the Cowboys is just a rivalry game. So that's always just going to be a difficult one for the Eagles anyway. Yeah. But I I just think the Giants are just, like you said, they don't like, they lack talent and they rely on the run a lot, which the Eagles can definitely stop. So I, I think that's where I would rate it at. Yeah, I agree. I think that's right. I think that's fair. We shall see. As I've always said, it's fun to root uh, against teams more than it is to root for your own team. So, uh, Eagles fans, you'll have a fun wild card weekend where you can root against some of the. You might be you probably be rooting for the Giants, so that actually might be awkward. That might not be that fun, but you can root for the Giants against the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And uh, if the Giants are coming to the link in the divisional round, I think you're feeling pretty good about that. You're going to be pretty significant favorites in that game. Anything can happen. It's the playoffs. Weird things happen. Injuries, calls, turnovers, special teams, all those things. We know that, but I think you would be feeling great about that situation. All right. That will wrap it up on the ringers Philly special. We will come back midweek. I think we'll do a big mailbag episode benny souls because we we don't need to i mean we'll look at this film but we don't need to grind this film we don't have a team to talk about yet and so let's let's get to all your questions all your angst that you have looking ahead to the postseason remember leave those reviews uh on itunes or some of you you do the old uh spotify you do a screen grab and yes a question on twitter i feel like we need we need some hashtag to do that because I, I don't chat. I don't like to look at all the, sometimes it's hard to like look at mentions and organize them. Is there a hashtag we can use? Maybe just do Philly special. No one's using the hashtag Philly special right now, right? 
Uh, if I search right now, because I'm on Twitter during the pod, because that's yeah, what the search, do this do. And, 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 yeah. Hashtag yeah, you Philly do that, special. and I'll give them the phone number. Okay, there was yeah. a tweet nine hours ago that said Philly special, a tweet 23 mm. hours ago. There's a bunch of tweets when the Jags beat the Titans that were like, yeah, I love Doug Peterson, hashtag Philly special. Oh, you're right. If that happens in another game, we get screwed. Yeah. You're right. Uh, all right. Uh, Cliff, what do you have? What, what do you have for us? Is there like a nickname you've had? Is there what? What's something we can use here? Why I don't know. Out of nowhere, how am I going to these answers? Uh, well, listen, we're because we're not doing another podcast between now and the next podcast. So oh, yeah, I'm point. demanding answers right now. You guys can think about it. I'll give out the phone line. Cliff says, uh, call us up, leave a voicemail. Two one five. 315-7982. That's 215-315-7982. Uh, and you can leave a voicemail there. We'll get to those. All right. Do we have any kind of hashtag? Do we need a listener to recommend a hashtag? Yes. Ben's blondies. Ben was Ben was just cry, saying we're not doing it off of terrible. blondies, which are brownies. inferior. Dessert. No, Ben's blondies is probably not a good hashtag to use. I don't know what would come up there. That's I'm trying to think of a of a Solak and Kapadia. Yeah mutation i mean this is bad yeah this is really embarrassing what all right ambush it's like 35 minutes into a podcast i prep giants <laughs> eagles and i'm being asked to create names all of a sudden <laughs> all right hashtag philly special ambush no one's gonna be using that <laughs> but hashtag philly special ambush we'll just go with that i got nothing else i'm sorry i'm not good at this i never claimed to be good at this or you know what you can just tweet at us and hopefully we'll find it if you're not leaving the review all right That'll do it. That was a rough ending. I apologize. Thanks for listening. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing. Put that game in your rearview mirror. Look ahead to the playoffs. Eagles are in a great spot. They don't play a game for two weeks. And when they do, it will be at a rocking Lincoln financial field playoff football. We got rid of all the nonsense. Now we got the teams that matter. We'll see how far the Eagles can go. All right, everyone. We will talk to you later this week on the Ringers Philly Special. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.